We would like to acknowledge the Ghana people and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge their spiritual connection to the land on which this podcast is recorded. As part of the oldest living culture in the world, we draw inspiration from their deep knowledge of traditional foods, medicine and remedies. From the Central Adelaide Local Health Network, this is Research Pulse, where we discuss the latest world-class health research from Carlin and how it's contributing to world-class care. Can your neighbourhood change the way you age? G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and in this episode we discuss how neighbourhood characteristics, such as how much green space there is, can have a significant impact on the ability to age successfully at home. To find out how, we're speaking to Dr Danielle Taylor, a health geographer and postdoctoral research fellow within Aged and Extended Care Services at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital and Basil Hetzel Institute. She's part of the Adelaide Geriatrics Training and Research with Aged Care Centre within the School of Medicine, University of Adelaide, and is also associated with the NHMRC Centre of Research, Excellence, Frailty and Healthy Ageing. Danielle, thanks for your time. Oh, thanks, Drew. Danielle, first of all, what is a health geographer? Well, a health geographer is someone that's interested in the relationship between the places we live and human health. It's about using a geographic lens to understand those health and place relationships and identify geographic inequalities in health across different areas. So probably an example most people might know is Jon Snow mapped the cholera cases in London. And by doing that and seeing those cases cluster around the Broad Street pump, he was able to identify that the Broad Street pump was the source of the outbreak and also that water was the way the cholera was being transmitted because they didn't know that beforehand. So that's a really simple example of how a geographic perspective can provide a whole lot of information about health in its context. Danielle, that's a great example. And you've taken this to a whole other level. You're interested in whether the neighbourhood someone lives in can change the way they age. Why has this been of interest to you? As a health geographer, there's a huge opportunity in this area. We have a, an ageing population, not just in Australia, but internationally. And by the end of this century, it's projected that about a quarter of the Australian population will be aged 65 years or older. So we've got this huge demographic shift happening. And as a result of this population ageing, we have more older people living in community settings. And we know from the recent Royal Commission into Aged Care Quality and Safety that most older people want to live in their own homes and in their own communities and not transition into permanent residential aged care. So as part of the response to the Royal Commission, the government has funded a lot more aged care places. So we're going to have, one, a lot more people ageing in the Australian population, but we're also going to have a lot more people living in the community. So we need to transform our cities and communities to become more age-friendly to support this growing population. Danielle, you've worked on trying to distill this. I understand you've developed the Healthy Ageing Vulnerable Environment Index. That's quite a mouthful, and you've condensed that down to the Haven Index. What actually is that? 
So the Haven Index, it's a composite spatial index built on postal areas that includes 40 variables across six indicator themes. So the themes include income and employment, which are your typical socioeconomic type indicators, education, housing and health and social connectedness, geographic access and physical environment. Daniel, that's quite a broad spread there in terms of those 40 variables. And one of them that fascinated me was you've distilled down even to the level of greening in people's suburbs. Yes, so greening's a really interesting one. So both we've looked at the average greenness of a suburb and we've also looked at access to parks. So we know from previous research that access to parks can facilitate how much people exercise and having opportunities to exercise in nice places. But we also know people respond to greenness. So there was a great study, a hospital study done that looked at people recovering in hospital rooms and one was in a room looking at a brick wall and one was in a room looking at the environment out the window, trees and a natural environment. And the people looking in a natural environment actually recovered faster than the people looking at a brick wall. It's an incredible amount of variables, Danielle. So what's the main thing you've learned from using the Haven Index? We've learnt that this broad approach to modelling the environment, both the socioeconomic and the physical environment and the social environment, seems to have a strong relationship to how we age. So using some data from the registry of senior Australians, we've used a cohort of people that are living in metropolitan Adelaide and we're having their first assessment for aged care services between 2014 and 2016. So we had about 17,000 participants in this study and we looked at the outcomes of time to death and time to entry into permanent residential aged care. And what we found was there's a relationship between the Haven Index and both of those outcome measures. And this was standardised or adjusted for age and gender and individual frailty index score. So what this means is that individual of the same age, the same gender and the same frailty at the beginning of the study, one would be living in a vulnerable area according to the Haven Index and one living in a supported area, according to the Haven Index, the one living in the vulnerable area is more likely to die earlier and also more likely to transition into permanent residential aged care. So if we want to help people maintain their independence and stay living in their home community, there are perhaps features of the environment that we can alter or improve to help support them do that. It sounds then very much, Danielle, that you've proven the index then I'm guessing that can be applied to facilitate successful ageing at home. So we've been able to identify areas that are vulnerable and obviously because they're mapped, we can then zoom into those areas and look at the characteristics of those areas. Because the modelling that we've used is quite transparent, we don't just get a Haven Index value, we get a value for each of the indicator variables. So we can look if an area is potentially got a high crime rate or has a lot of people that are culturally and linguistically diverse and don't speak English that well. Um, we can also look and see if the access to health services is good or the access to green space is good or bad. From looking at those vulnerable areas and their characteristics, we then get an idea about how we can improve those areas and make them more age-friendly. So, Danielle, what do you think of the next steps for Haven? 
So the next steps are to try and work out what are the most important variables to address first. If we want to make an area more age friendly, Haven gives us sort of a map of all the different variables and which ones are high and which ones are low. But within those ones that are low that could be improved, we don't know which ones are the most important. So we're revisiting the ROSA data that we used and we're trying to determine if we want to reduce, say, entry into permanent residential aged care, which of course is one of the things that's a government priority, what are the aspects of the environment that we'd like to improve first? The other thing, I guess, is I think now that we're seeing that the Haven is working as an index, I'd like to extend it to the whole of Australia so we can start to help policymakers and local government service providers have access to this data to help them make informed decisions about the areas where they provide services or improve their services. Danielle, all the best with actually doing that in terms of applying it across the country. It sounds like an incredibly important resource for policy planners to draw upon. Dr. Danielle Taylor, thank you for taking the time and joining us for this Research Pulse podcast. Thank you so much, Drew. Thank you for listening to Research Pulse. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your colleagues and friends. If you'd like to contact us, you can find an email address in this episode description. This podcast was developed by the Central Adelaide Local Health Network.